This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, welcome to the first night of coverage of the Mongol Derby 2018. I am Glenda Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network, 10 years ago today, actually. We are doing this Follow the Dot party live at 8 p.m. Eastern every night till we have a winner on the Horses in the Morning Facebook page. We will have different guests helping out over the next several nights. We are also putting the audio version out every night on the Hit'em podcast feed, on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. So if you missed the live, you can listen to it recorded. Just uh, search for Horses in the Morning on your favorite podcast player or download the Horse Radio Network app on iOS or Android, and you can find all 17 of our shows there, including Horses in the Morning. Our show is sponsored tonight by Distance Depot, the go-to retailer for distance riders everywhere, and is brought to you by, in partnership with Practical Horseman Magazine. We'll talk more about that later. For the podcast listeners, we have an interview with De- that Devin Horn and I did before she left with the founder of The Adventurist, Tom Morgan. I don't, you haven't met Tom, but he's a trip, <laughs> and I think you're going to like it. He's as wild as you would expect the guy who invented this mess to be. Um, joining me tonight is the reason for this coverage that we started last year, the crazy woman herself, Leslie Wiley. Hi, Leslie. Yeah. Hey. Well, I'm glad I'm um, in a first world country, safe and sound, <laughs> air conditioning, amazing, giant mug of um, Arag. Not so. mare's milk? No mare's milk tonight? <laughs> no, I am on Prime Dip, but I didn't get here in time. So okay. I Rosé, but tomorrow hopefully okay <laughs> well leslie it is good to have you in studio it's good to actually be talking to you this must be a little weird for you i just had no idea last year that any of this was going on and i think you guys just kind of started it but um you know um yeah i i but now i get it i'm like i understand now what i put you guys through <laughs> because i woke up at three in the morning and i grabbed my phone and i was like does it like pulling up the the live um the live tracker and i was like where are the dots there's supposed to be dots here there's supposed to be dots and and like what's happening what happened like so it's it stressed me it stressed me out <laughs> now you know what we went through every <laughs> night honestly i was i think i'm more stressed out today than i was last year this time but team flash is online and we'll be talking about team flash here in a minute too uh so it's good to have you guys here and it's good to see all of you so our goal tonight is to give you a little because oh by the way we have to mention that the race was delayed by a day it was supposed to start yesterday but it just started about 20 minutes ago it is underway Woohoo! hey we have dots to look at and their tracker is so much nicer. We'll tell you how to do all that uh, as well. But the tracker is so much nicer this year because it actually gives the names when you when you uh, highlight over the dot and not just initials. Last year, it was a nightmare having to look the initials up on every name to figure out who we were following. This year, it's names. Yay. So I'm so, so who, excited. Who appears to be out front at the moment? Uh, Christine Roberts appears to be out front at the moment. So not by much. They're all kind of grouped up. They just started. And you yeah. tell us what the beginning of the race is like. Is it like a mad dash to? Yeah, it's every, I mean, I would, and I think it's a, it's a scene just to get everyone mounted up on 44 horses, uh, you know, everyone mounted up on their horses because some of them are not having it, you know? Um, so I think I was up on my horse. I was one of the first ones to get on. So me and my horse, 
fire-breathing dragon just spun around in circles for about 45 minutes before they even, you know, shot the gun to set us, set us off. And then it's just, it's just like a madcap, every man for himself. You know, I was just like, I don't know, this is great. Like just Jesus take the wheel. And, <laughs> and, uh, I did not mean to lead the race from the front. That, that horse that I was riding was like a legit racehorse and he just <laughs> maneuvered right to the front and uh on autopilot and took off and um so that was that was really cool but uh yeah it's a, it's a big big bunch up and then as the race goes on it gets further and further apart well uh we are delayed a day because of a massive storm they had yesterday and and you can see the pictures on the mongol derby t- uh, twitter which is the best place to follow all the updates by the way mm-hmm. they do a good job with their twitter page more than their facebook page i think so mm-hmm. uh you can follow it there also go to their website mongolderby.com and click on live and that's where you'll get the tracker the dots we talk about when we talk about the following the dot party is because that's literally what you see is their gps dots and you hover over the GPS dot, and that'll tell you who the person is. Or you can click the person's name on the left under Teams, click the Teams tab, click the person's name, and it, and it will actually go right to their dot and follow them. Their tracker is much better this year. It has much more information, and I think everybody will enjoy following it a little better. I think they installed a new one, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Now, Leslie, um, so what you did an article for Practical Horsemen, and you're going to be writing for them on a regular basis here, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, every day. What uh, what have they done so far? What did they do to get to the point where they were ready to go yesterday, and then that massive storm came in and stopped them? But what had they done to that point? So they all meet up uh, to start with for with for some sort of like classroom orientation uh, style pre race training in Ulaanbaatar, which is Mongolia's capital, and um, and it's in a it's like in a nice holiday in and it's sort of very deceptively first world and um and and everyone gets to know each other and they do a little sightseeing sometimes and um or they just lock themselves in their hotel room and like type madly which is what I did last year because I was like I'm gonna only have like countdowns on for no no internet for two weeks I've never I've never been in this place before since the internet was invented. You were probably having sweats just from that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But uh, yeah. And then they, so they go through some classroom training. Um, They go over the course with them um, sort of vaguely and um, what to do if they get into trouble, how to use their spot trackers and what the rules of the race are. And then they load everybody up on a bus and drive them, um, to they don't even they don't even know really at that point but out into the middle of nowhere um although this year's uh start camp um seems to be like pretty deluxe accommodations um there's a like uh look we saw some basketball courts some actual houses that weren't yurts really know where they i don't know where they've got they've got them they're just like spoiling them now and so it's to make it worse when they get out there and they got nothing and they're doing a different course this year too right Mm -hmm. yep yep they do a different course every year so nobody knows um going into it what the what the terrain's going to be uh what the weather's going to be like obviously um and and that's what happened today so they go out there they do um some they actually train on the horses and, um, and 
and the and they get a sort of dose of Mongolian culture too. It's really neat. They'll come out and have some throat singers and um, and some you know they'll they usually stage a nidam like a children's race and and, um, and it's just really it's really neat to sort of you feel like you're like oh I sort of have a better sense now of what the horse means to this culture um, and then. Um, um, they what they they should have done this morning or well it would have been last night was line up at the start start starting line and go but um, instead um, you know they cited weather which definitely we had photo evidence of it looks like a really nasty storm <laughs> some doomsday stuff rolling in and um, and so that's that would be kind of like it's like nobody wants to get struck by lightning on the first day of the derby right no it's just like. Save that for day six or whatever. Um, but um, but uh, so the weather, and then they also cited that they had a technical difficulty unspecified, which I don't I'm like, I'm like, what does that mean? There is no technology. So what could it be? Maybe it's the spot trackers. I heard the GPS system wasn't working. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. the storm, so, it's, it was probably that. I mean, it was a huge storm. <laughs> yeah, huge, crazy. Yeah, definitely get like everybody. If you're not following them on Twitter, set your alerts. Um, that like Twitter is really the best way to follow the race in real time. Um, they're great about somehow relaying back photos and messages back to the headquarters in Ulaanbaatar, and then they tweet it, tweet it out. So. And what we're going to do every night is just kind of do a wrap-up. We're going to try and do it, because when we come on, they'll just be starting the next morning or just getting ready to be starting the next morning. So we'll cover the previous day, because we're 12 hours different there than they are. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll be doing the kind of wrap-up show. We're also going to be talking to people who have done it before. We got a vet, one of the veterinarians. You're going to hear some accents. We got some Aussies coming on with us. Um, we mm-hmm. have Evo stopping by from All the Wild Horses, who did the movie. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, one of the people like we highlighted you all last year and your lead up to to the mongol derby we highlighted devon horn uh who it's her third time she uh won once and then got uh got a penalty for her horse not cooling down and ended up coming in second place and then her second time which is what you'll see a lot of on all the wild horses the movie which is available on amazon prime right now if you want to see what the mongol derby is really like um you can watch devon throwing up for about two hours in the movie so <laughs> It's like, uh, it wasn't her best showing. We're hoping she does better this year. I get some stats for you. Let's run down through these quick. Uh, the average age this year, you have a guess? Uh, I'm going to say 30, 30. 38 years old. There, there, yeah, there's some, uh, there's some older ones. There's some senior citizens riding in this race, too. Um, we have 14 Aussies, two Irish, two from the Netherlands, three from New Zealand, one from Pakistan. We'll talk about him in a minute, too, because he's already had a rough ride uh, to begin with. We have one from Portugal, two from South Africa, one from the UK, which shocked the hell out of me, because last year it seemed like we had a bunch from the UK. We mm-hmm. always do. Only one from the UK this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one from Uruguay and 16 from the United States representing. Mm-hmm. So. And I think that's from 10 last year, which um, I think, I think that like people maybe, especially it was like people read my accounts of doing the race and they're like, if that ding dong can like make it <laughs> fine, like <laughs> we, we can surely finish this race, right? If Leslie can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> well, we'll find out. 
Although if anybody heard you do your race wrap-up show that we did, that special episode with you that we won an award for, uh, if anybody heard that, they would have never ridden this. (laughs) (laughs) We have 26 women and 19 men. Does that seem about the same? More women than men? Um, Yeah. Uh, It seems like it's a little woman-heavy, which is, yeah, that's exciting. We have the first woman from South Africa ever to ride in the race this year, so that's kind of cool too. Um, we do you want do you want to go down through some of the Americans here? Sure. You want to do that? You yeah. did. You did a report on a lot of them, so I know that you're <laughs> going to be able to uh, add to this conversation a bit on on the Americans riding, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the neat stories from other countries too. So from the United States, we'll start uh, with Jocelyn Pierce, because she is very important to both of us. And the reason that we have Practical Horseman co-sponsoring this broadcast tonight. Yeah, Jocelyn's Jocelyn's awesome. She's um, our token journalist for the uh, for the this year's Derby. She works. She's the associate editor of Practical Horseman. And so I'm just kind of taking over the reins for her um for coverage while she's out on the step and then she'll rejoin and tell us all about it. And I, I'm fully expecting the most exciting practical horseman cover story ever. Um, but yeah, she's, she's super, um, she, um, we've talked a bunch over the summer. I sent her my, um, GPS tracker. So it's got some good, good Mongolia karma, I think in there already attached. And, um, yeah, she's 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 a neat girl. I cannot wait. Like win, lose or draw, like she's gonna she's gonna have a heck of a story to tell. So, well, we'll talk about it, uh, how all of that works. I'm just seeing where she is. She's right in the middle of the pack right now. So she's mm-hmm. in the middle of a large group at this point, uh, heading uh, at a dead run toward the first. What do they call them? The first. What are the, the Urtus? Urtus. Yeah. Yep. Urtus, the horse station. And and that's where they'll change horses. Mm-hmm. And, and there are 25 of them this year. So How many? 25. 25. And how many miles in between? How many kilometers in between? 25? Between 30 and 50. Um, we had 28 horse stations last year. So, but I mean, that's, it all just depends on, you know, they're just trying to get from point A to point B. So how many times will you change horses in a day? Um, on a good day, three. Okay. Maybe even four. On a bad day, one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well a bad day you don't even make it out of out of your sleeping bag in the morning uh, we <laughs> have a lot of uh we have a lot of people rooting for different teams here so we'll continue down the list of the americans anyway we have kelsey is it opstad mm-hmm. and she's from alaska she's our only representative from alaska she's a commercial fishing captain and a paramedic so that'll come in handy the paramedic part she can treat herself yeah. Uh, actually, the commercial fishing part might come in handy too. <laughs> <laughs> I just am, I don't know her. I haven't talked to her, but she just seems like a tough uh, cookie, like tough lady. I mean, I, I'll let, just think of that. Um, what's the on the um, the fishing Alaska shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like ice <laughs> ice ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's got to be a tough girl. Uh, then we have Nicolette Merrill Smith, who has a story. Yeah. So, um, Nikki and Nikki and her fiance, Joel, um, are, uh, are engaged and they, um, decided that this is their sort of, they get married this fall, but they decided that this was kind of going to be their pre 
pre-marriage honeymoon and they're dedicating all of their um, their wedding registry to Cool Earth, which is the, um, the Derby's official charity. And um, so, and, uh, and it's kind of funny because um, I just, just got a little note from Eric who works with the race crew this morning. And he's, and so there's a Pakistani rider and he lost, um, what's his name? Um, his name is uh, Saif, Saif Noon. Saif Noon? Yeah. Um, and um, so the airline, this happened to one of the riders last year. This is why you don't, this is why you take your gears, your carry on, but, um, but it happened, uh, but, the airline lost all of his stuff and it didn't get to him in time for the race. So um, all of the other riders chipped in and gave him, um, gave him gear, stuff to ride in everything he might need, which is awesome. Although like, <laughs> honestly, like I have no sympathy for like anybody that even, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, at least you had, you had stuff, even it wasn't your perfect stuff. You had some stuff. So, um, but that's just uh, that's just that's just me, my experience. Um, <laughs> and anybody that followed along last year will know why. Well, Leslie yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah. So we got uh, we got Nikki and Joel and, uh, and and so yeah, Nikki um, gave um, her her GPS navigator to the Pakistani rider. Oh. And so so now she is stuck like Lou with Joel for the whole race. Oh, I didn't realize that. So we might yeah. be watching her signal. It's actually him. I mean, there. I mean, she. So she has a spot tracker. So we'll okay. still she'll have a spot, but um, she's going to be relying totally on his tracker um, through the race to get from point A to point B. Well, one of two things is going to happen after seven days. They're going to be happy to get married, or they're going to be divorced before they even get married. One of two things is going to happen. That's what I, I was like. You know, if you can survive the Mongol Derby together, then probably a lifetime of matrimony is like no problem. <laughs> so then we have, uh, continuing down the list, we have, uh, Michael Turner, who, uh, who actually leads safaris in South in Africa. He, he's a UK and a U.S. citizen dual and he leads hmm. safaris in Africa. So he rides all the time. Private mm -hmm. safaris, if you want to take one. We have Kelsey Riley, who has, who's 29 years old and she is from Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, she's um, she is writing for raising to raise money for the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, and um, she said this this girl she has, she said she hadn't ridden in two years before she applied, and uh, but wouldn't this the, be the perfect way to get back into it? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might be. <laughs> um, let's see here. Oh, and now we have Heather Flash. Our car is it. Accardo? Accardo. From mm -hmm. Louisiana, 37 years old. They call her Flash, and she has a cheering group right here. So if I screwed up the name, they're going to let me know. Um, <laughs> she has a large cheering group. Uh, she showed Arabs, I guess, for a long time and is an endurance mm -hmm. rider now, and she's raising money for Heroes for Horses. Do you know her? Have you talked to her? I um, uh, I have not talked to her, but I saw um, somebody caught... Wait, um... No. Oh, Jen, uh, oh, Flash. Yeah, no, I haven't, haven't okay. met her. All right, then we have Carol. I'm not even going to say her last name. Do you know Fetter? Mm -mm. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's Carol. Old what? salute. <laughs> I don't know her, but I respect her. Carol from Maryland, whose last name we can't say, is 58 years old. She's a government lawyer and endurance rider, and she also does ride and tie, which mm -hmm. is ride and run. 
So uh, you tie your horse and then you run part of it. So uh, she's a tough, tough girl. And she, I don't, you know, 58 years old, get more power to her. Yeah. Um, and Michael Gascon, everybody knows Michael, whether you know, you know, Michael or not. And the reason is I met Michael a couple times. He's 20 years, 28 years old. He's a horse trainer and he's a performer and he's a dinosaur. If you saw the video of the dinosaur riding the Pasifino, you've seen Michael. He was in that outfit riding as the dinosaur. So. And he's riding the race in this amazing kind of like, uh, it looks like a snowboarding hat. It has like spikes up the... Uh, I mean, it's a helmet, but it's got like spikes up the top. So <laughs> it must be like some snowboarding. <laughs> Michael, Michael would be, you would expect <laughs> Michael to wear something. Yes, he is a character. Oh, he's, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to mess with that. <laughs> he's a lot of fun. Whoever gets to ride with Michael is going to have a trip. And he yeah. does start, you know, he starts horses. He should know what he's doing as far as uh, being on these horses. He knows a little bit about starting horses that are a little nuts. Yeah. Um, Oh, and we got a report from Susan Nelson that Devin is out in front, according to Twitter. Go, Devin. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we go to Pamela Carner, who is from New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, large animal veterinarian uh, or retired uh, large animal veterinarian. And so we know that horsemanship skills and, and uh, you know, uh, being able to read a horse's um, vital signs and their well-being is so important in this race because if you rack up some some um, vet penalties, then you know it's as as good. That's going to slow you way down. So that's that seems like a great skill set to have. And she is from uh, New York, as I said, and we we didn't mention she's sixty four years old. And she's an endurance rider and also has been a ride manager for rides, around, I think, around the world. So she she knows her endurance riding. She knows horses. This should be right up her alley. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm going to be rooting for her uh, because I'm getting approaching that whole 64-year-old thing. Um, Christine Roberts from Pennsylvania, 29 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't, I don't have not talked to her um, but she's a, she's a endurance rider too. So it sounds like, you know, she's, she's, but she's in her element. Yeah. She uh, is also a competitive trail rider. She's done endurance or she did do that. She did endurance since 2009. She's a tough cookie too. She's into martial arts, shooting, travel, and horses. So you know what, if one of those motorcycles shows up to mess with her, Mm -mm -mm. bad day for them <laughs> mm -hmm. she grew up with three brothers on a farm in colorado so yeah she's got it all going she's you if you're if you're scared about your safety riding get get in with christine you'll be fine yeah, yeah. yeah. madison yeah that's right madison smith uh from san francisco oh maddie we've had her on the show a handful of times she bonked her head really near the or the beginning of the race a couple years ago, um, got a bad concussion and messed up some various assorted bones and things. And, and, uh, I think it was on the second day of the race. And so, um, you know, so she didn't finish and, um, and, but she like never, never for a minute, uh, believed that she wasn't going to make it back there and finish the race. So, so she's so that's really inspiring. I think. Yeah, that was 2016. So it's only been two years, and mm -hmm. she's raising money for homeless, uh, the homeless homeless prenatal program in San Francisco. So good for mm -hmm. her. Dory Hertel from Texas, and she's a friend of Devin's, and they've been training together. 
Mm-hmm. She's 48 years old also. She is was a vet or is a vet for 23 years. She's into polo and endurance. A lot of polo players actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And she breeds uh she breeds quarter horses. So I think she's she's been training with Devin. She should be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Devin, uh, Devin is a good friend of ours. She's been on our shows many, many, many times. She's kind of our spotlight rider this year. Um, she is out to win this thing. There is no question. I've asked her several times, you know, after your appearance in 2015 where you got really ill and you pushed yourself too hard, she, I said, what, are you going to take it easy this year? She laughed. <laughs> she said, have you ever known me to take it easy with anything? No. Um, no. I think we're going to see Devin pushing it. Um, and she is also an endurance runner. She does long-distance running, 100 miles in the mountains. Uh, her dad will be on Sandy. He is also an endurance runner at the age of, sorry, Sandy, like 60-some, uh, and does 100 milers. So he's going to be joining us on Friday night uh, and to give us a little bit of the parental perspective from his point of view. And Devin, it, we'll be talking more about her as we go along for sure. <laughs> Jeanette Lazaro, do you know Jeanette? She's from Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah, I met Jeanette. Um, and uh, yeah, she's she seems like a tough tough cookie too. So um yeah, gave her we we um, met her at uh, Kentucky in the spring. She was a polo or pony clubber. Uh, she's an eventer. She we had her on the show. She actually worked in or she lived in Japan last year. She worked in Japan last mm-hmm. year, remember? And uh, so yeah. she she knows how to get around other cultures and eat really uh, strange food and not get sick. So. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll be something going for her, for sure. Um, she's been practicing a lot and doing a lot of squats, apparently, she said. so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have the uh, last one from the United States is Matthew Graham. He's from Washington State, age 57. Yeah. He's a mechanical engineer, a yoga teacher. He started riding at the age of 25, and he's racing in honor of his late wife. So uh, root for him. For mm-hmm. sure. There's a couple interesting stories here, like the brothers out of Australia. We have three brothers out of Australia that are competing, Ed, Jack, and Robert Archibald. They're three brothers. They uh, were polo players. They run. They worked on cattle farms. Matter of fact, really, really good polo players. Two of them have been captains of the Australian national polo team. So... These polo I mean, players, they can stick to horses, can't they? And never bet against an Aussie. Never. <laughs> I like how Bailey says, all of these people make me feel like such a loser. Yeah, I do too when I'm sitting here doing this coverage. <laughs> so I'm with you. I'm with you. So yeah, we, we have some Aussies with interesting stories. We have um, a couple of people returning. We have Mike Becker from Australia. He's 55 years old. He competed in 2016. He's a helicopter pilot. He wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. He finished, and he wants to come back, and he's out to win also. Uh, we have Chase Becker from Australia, 21-year-old. Snapped a tendon in the ankle in 2016. Um, so that's kind of nasty. Oh. She, she's a pre-med student studying nursing, uh, and her dad, this is an interesting story, her dad, Mike Becker, who is 55, is riding with her. So they're riding together. How cool is that? Got some family vibes this year's race. Yeah, and he is her riding instructor also. I never thought that worked very well, but apparently in their case it must. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's a, there's a story. We're going to obviously be talking about, there's, 
there's what 44 this year heading mm-hmm. out so we can't cover them all right now there's a couple others i'd like to point out if we could and that charmaine o'neill from ireland was a champion jockey in 97 and 98 she's 43 years old if a jockey in ireland can stay on a horse i think she's got a you don't bet against her mm-hmm. um yeah. that's got to help um, we have some nurses in the mix, which might come in handy later in the race. A lot of competitive trail riders, a lot of, lot of polo players and endurance riders. Of course, we mentioned that uh, Valeria Ariza from Uruguay um, is 40 years old. We mentioned her. She's a jumper and a dressage rider. And the list goes on and on and on. So we're going to be talking, I'm sure, about a lot of these people as they take over the lead. And we we talk about the leaders uh, along the way. Mm -hmm. So as they're heading out now, day one, what did you feel like on the horses on day one? Oh, I mean, I think you're just that's so ready to go, um, even though you're a little bit terrified. You're just you've been training for months and months and you're just here and you're just ready to go. And that's why I kept thinking about the riders today who had to, you know, like, oh, we're actually going to move the start to the next day. They're just like racehorses, you know, that like get led to the gate and put in the gate and uh, and they're like, you know. Uh, <laughs> like just chomping at the bit, and then they're like, "Never mind, races tomorrow," and then lead them back to their stalls, you know. <laughs> so when they get to the first or two, what will they do? What will happen? Um, well, um, they they'll have their you know they'll have a vet check. Um, they'll switch horses if um, they're anything like me. They'll eat a giant plate of noodles and and, and regret it shortly thereafter. I was like, the food on this trip's amazing. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, you know, stay away from copious amounts of noodles and you'll be fine, kids. Uh, <laughs> and we'll talk uh, over the next couple of nights about the food and all the different aspects of it, too, because there's a lot of interesting stories like that out yeah. there for sure. Uh, so they'll switch horses and then they'll head out. And, and it appears to be, what is it, three to four hours between or twos? Is that about yeah. right? They got a pretty early start um, relative to when they usually do. Um, last year, you know, uh, like one, two, three legs was about as far as anybody made it. So I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be surprised if some people sneak on, sneak on past it and, and go to the get to get to four or near four tonight. I want to talk to you a little bit about nights and what where you want to be at night and where you end up sometimes at night. Uh, but first, we have to talk about our terrific sponsor, and that's the Distance Depot. We talked about the Distance Depot the other day, actually, on the show. Uh, the Distance Depot specializes in top-quality custom-made beta biothane tack, handmade to your specifications in their store in Missouri. They have made a bunch of custom tack for U.S. endurance teams for the past 12 years and the U.S. Young Riders World Championships. They offer riding apparel, boots, and helmets, saddle pads, girths, and hoof boots, and so much more to keep your horse comfortable for many, many miles. They also have a line of equine heart rate monitors and all the electrolytes your horse will need, and human electrolytes too, which uh, which all of these riders will be taking if they were smart. Uh, co- they have a special coupon code for listeners for the Mongol Derby coverage, and that is Mongol, M-O-N-G-O-L-18, capital letters, M-O-N-G-O-L-18, all one word, uh, the, the number's 18. 
they that will give you 15% off most of the items in their store during the Mongol Derby. So if you've been looking at buying a custom bridle, we use them here at the farm. All, both of our horses have custom pr- bridles and halters and things from Distance Depot. If you're looking at anything for your long-distance riding needs, then go and use the coupon code at checkout, Mongol18, with no spaces, and you'll get 15% off most of your other items just for listening to us. And it's the the thedistancedepot.com or call them toll-free at 866-863-2349. And, of course, uh, you have Leslie Wiley, last year, rider in the Mongol Derby. And also, I am Glenn the Geek from the Horse Radio Network, the Horses in the Morning Show. We're glad to have you on board. This sound file will be put out on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed, so if you miss any part of it, you can catch it uh, later in about an hour. We'll have it out every night, uh, so you can take a listen to the recorded version as well. So at night, so when they get to their first stop, which they'll do before we come back on the air again, what will happen when they're coming to the end of their day? And they have a mandatory stop time, right? Mm-hmm. They do. Um, yeah, they don't want people riding out past past dark. So that would be pretty unsafe. Um, so, yeah, you, you get there, you get your horse cooled down and, and um, put away for the night. And, um, and then you eat whatever delicacy they've they've cooked up for you (laughs) whatever variation on goat the goat theme uh was it goat every time goat noodles the jour uh it was a lot of time there's a lot of time there's some good stuff you know um there's some good stuff to you now what were the noodles like regular noodles like like yeah yeah like noodles yeah yeah um yeah they're noodles like soup Hot milk is a is a thing, um, yeah. But they're, they're so they're such an incredible people. They're so hospitable and just like go out of their way to welcome these like weirdos that you know like dropped out of the sky that are like sp- dressed up like you know. Is this something that they look forward to? The word's gotten out that this happens every year, and they look forward to it, or is it kind of thrust upon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they, I think they get into it actually. Like they're, I don't know what the sort of um, like Mongolian Intel network is, but they, they'll, they sort of like somehow get the scoop on, on which riders, you know, uh, to hook up with the good horses before you even get to the next station. And, um, and they take so much pride in their horses. Um, and so they really, they want them to perform well and, be well taken care of and be ridden by good riders. And, um, you know, I think there's, and who who knows there's, I would imagine there's like some sort of Mongolian betting pool, herder betting pool going on. It's like, my horse is going to win this leg. I bet there is. (laughs) They don't have TV. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. What do they bet horses? Do you think they bet horses? Yeah, I hope so. Some of these. Some of these guys will have like a string, right? They'll have 30, mm-hmm. 40 horses. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, yeah. They have a lot of depth and enough to like, you know, s- s- take care of a whole horse station, like enough for the whole, all the riders. You said too that you were really impressed with the kids. These kids can ride bareback from the time they're tiny on these crazy horses and make it look easy. Incredible. Yeah. They could just ride any of us under the table. They're just, it's just natural. You know, it's like the closest thing I've seen to like, you know, a 
like centaurs, <laughs> like these little tiny centaurs, you know, <laughs> and just fearless. And they have a, they have a rapport with the horses that I think must just come from being, you know, entrenched in this culture that is so rich with, with horse, everything, um, and respect for the horse since they're, you know, before they're even born. So. Okay. Let's have everybody check in quick. Everybody that's listening live, put whose team you're on, write whose team you're on so we can see who's here. That'll be fun to do too. And it looks like I'm trying to see if there's a clear leader right now and there there's a big batch. <laughs> we don't we do not have a clear leader. Although it doesn't I was trying to also see if somebody was left behind. And um, I don't see anybody that's been left behind at this point either. Not that I can tell, because all the lines are really together. Yeah, so it's hard to tell. Uh, we have a couple that are trailing maybe uh, 15, 20 minutes behind, but there's nobody that I see that's, you know, just that fell off. I don't see anybody have fallen off and lost their horse yet. So we have uh, Team Gascon, which I expected, Team Flash, Team New York. We have Double D. Um, we have Team Devin, of course, in the house. We have some of your relatives, Team Flash. We have some of your relatives that have checked in, Leslie, and said they're glad they're not following your dot this year. <laughs> <laughs> and I recognize those names who were with us every night last year, including your husband, uh, has checked in here. Um, let me see who else. Uh, team Devin again. Uh, team DD. Um, that's Devin and Dory, by the way. If, as you hear about Team DD, they have their own Facebook page too, and that's Devin and Dory. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, so uh, Susan says Twitter has some incredible drone pics of the flooding they had. Uh, Team Gascon again. Wow, he is a fan club here. Um, we also have uh, respecting all riders but pulling for Devin. Oh, good, Linda. That's a little relative of yours too. <laughs> Well, we are we're going to wrap it up for tonight. I think that's about all all we can really talk about. Jocelyn, oh, Amy, hey Amy, it's good to see you and rooting for Jocelyn, of course. Um, and then uh, we have another Jocelyn coming in too. I imagine with the reach of Practical Horsemen, there's going to be a lot of Jocelyn fans in the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, hope, I just hope everybody knows how much it means to riders to feel that sort of support leading up to the race, like it just absolutely carries you through. So carries you through the tough times and makes you want to do your best. And, um, so I, so it was, it's thanks for caring on behalf of all the riders, um, means so much to them. And once they get, you know, at the end of the race last year, I was like, what is Twitter? What is the internet? Like I was so disconnected, but once they get, you know, um, plugged back in and see how people have been rallying around them. It just like, there's no words for how special that is. And I do know that we were so loud. Your fan club was so loud last year that you even got word that uh, we were pretty loud. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I did. I did. <laughs> I heard that word reached you because anytime we couldn't find your dot, they would get about 85 tweets from everybody saying, where's Leslie? And I think they got really sick of us. <laughs> uh, Charlotte says you can follow the happy couple at married to the Mongol Derby on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find them. There's a lot of Facebook pages. And as promised for the podcast listeners, we now have the interview that we did with the one of the founders of the adventurous. It's which is the group that puts on 
the Mongol Derby, the crazy people who started all this mess. And his name is Tom Morgan. Devin Horn, who is now riding out there on the flats, uh, she joined me to do this interview, and we did it before she left, obviously. So this is the founder of, of The Adventurous. He is quite a trip. I think you're going to enjoy him. Well, everybody, I, we have a very special guest for you tonight. Uh, we thought in our first day of Mongol Derby coverage, our dot party, that we would bring on one of the men responsible for this madness. And I also have Devin Horn, who, Devin, by magic, is riding a horse right now in the Mongol Derby, but she's also here. Hey, Devin. Yeah, I'm, I'm really thrilled to have mastered this new skill set where I can do radio interviews and also win the Mongol Derby consecutively. Well, your connection is better than when you're in Texas, so it's perfect. Um, perfect. It must be the set magic. <laughs> Tom Morgan is with us. He is the founder of The Adventurists. Hi, Tom. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Good. So I have a bunch of questions from listeners who have been following for years all of our friends who have ridden in the Mongol Derby. Um, how did the Mongol Derby start? I know it wasn't your first adventure of the Adventurist, right? No, it was, I think it was the third or fourth adventure that we set up. Um, the first one was a thing called the Mongol Rally, which obviously has a fairly similar sounding name. Uh, it was a car rally to Mongolia, and we'd been doing that for about four years. And uh, I uh, spent many, many months in, in Mongolia organizing that and just got to find out about Chinggis Khan's ancient postal system. And we'd been wanting to do a horse race for a while. And as soon as I heard about that, I suddenly thought that, that we have to do this. We have to rebuild the postal system. And it kind of makes, it just makes perfect sense. It's the kind of brilliant mix of culture and adventure. And yeah, it's, it's uh, it kind of, it worked. Where does one start? Okay, so you say, I'm going to do a horse race in Mongolia. You go knocking on earth doors and say, hey, uh, can I borrow your horses? We want to do this crazy thing. And then they, <laughs> they so, kick you off their land. What? So dis- <laughs> 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 on some level, it's not so dissimilar, yeah. Uh, well, actually, what we did was uh, we started by talking to some very experienced horse people. We spoke to some historians. We spoke to, actually to some people who ha- had ridden and been involved in the the remaining in the remnants of this same postal system, which was still running up into the, into the forties. So we, we kind of did a bit of research on the background and then we started talking to horse associations out there and uh, trying to find the people who could kind of wrangle the most, uh, the most respect. And, and, and we wanted to do it kind of in line with Mongolian culture. It's a celebration of Mongolian culture. So we wanted to make sure we did it right. So getting the right people involved makes the whole thing a lot easier because then, Everybody out there kind of understands what we're doing and loves it and understands that it's a celebration of their culture. So that's kind of how we did it, if that that makes any sense. Were you concerned, as a business guy, I always think about the business side and the marketing side, were you concerned, because it's not cheap to do, were you concerned that the horse people especially would pay the bill and would actually do it? Was that a concern at first, or were you just knew they'd do it? Um, I'm probably the world's least successful businessman, at least. (laughs) Uh, I just thought, we'll just do it anyway. I didn't really care. And we lost money. I think, right, uh, we'd probably even still be losing money right now. I don't really know. Uh, but we uh, we just did it because it was cool. and It kind of feels like it's one of those things that should exist. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we lost expect, money. Did you Sorry, ever expect to have 45 people at the start line every year with a waiting list a mile long? Um, I don't think I thought it through very hard. I just thought, this is cool. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh. Right, that relates to a question I got, actually. Kim asked, uh, uh, I wonder what he was like as a kid. Uh, 
And, you know, <laughs> with your answers that you're giving us right now, were you that way as a kid, too? Just go hell for bent and worry about consequences I, later? I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think my parents have kind of given up on uh, trying to stop me do stupid things now. So. <laughs> <laughs> were you into sports? Were All you right. very outdoorsy, athletic? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm super athletic, no. Um, I've always loved being outdoors, and my first i guess my the driving force behind everything we do at the adventurist is is this sense of adventure which to me isn't about um so much about sport it's more about um getting lost and experiencing something completely different um i think the, the race element in the mongol derby is obviously really important and it, it is part of the mongolian culture and it's in the dna of the mongol derby that's how how i set it up but uh for me the bit that gets me excited is people getting lost and they, you know, they get caught out at night. They have to go and play with someone that they've never met. They kind of people relying on their wits and that kind of exploring and discovering the world as you go. I think is what uh, what makes it cool. Devin, that's yeah. I, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, that that's just such a huge part of of what happens, and it the race forces you into that situation quite frequently, actually, and <laughs> that you have to really kind of uh, play by your wits and 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 sort of. It's kind of like trial by fire Mongolian culture, sort of, in a way. So, Tom, who, uh, how do you get insurance for all of this? See, there's the business guy in me <laughs> wanting to know. Who insures this? Oh, my God, you don't have to answer that. I was just, <laughs> just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. It takes a while. But, I thought, like, I, we have a very, uh, a very good lawyer who has I been bet. with us since the beginning. <laughs> who, uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> combination of him and uh, a very tolerant insurance company. And you know, uh, it, oh it's God. interesting because you said that uh, in an article I read that adventuring trips have become too safe. Even climbing Mount Everest, you show up and they carry the bags for you and it's all, it's a business basically. It's still, you still got to climb Mount Everest but it's a business. And you wanted it to be totally what you said. Off the wall, you're going to get in trouble, you're going to have to fix, you're going to have to deal with it, you're just going to have to go on. Um, but is there a line there, the safe and not safe? Yeah, well, I think the Derby like, highlighted that for me was this, there's kind of, uh, there's the riders who are obviously making uh, an informed decision to take part and the horses who we have a massive duty of care to protect. And as soon as the horses come in, we had to change, you have to change how you operate. You can't, you can't just push animals into that sort of thing without providing a, 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 the structure to keep them safe. Uh, and that kind of changed right. the nature. But I, it also enabled the race to become more of a race. It, be, it enabled it to be a kind of a bit more competitive because it was a bit more out there. But it's such a vast distance and Mongolia is so awesome that you can still get, you can still get incredibly lost over a, a 40k stretch. Uh, it's still got enough of the adventure in there. But yeah, that, that is, that's really important. And I think it's not like, Climbing Mount Everest is still an incredible achievement. It's just, I think it's a different achievement. It's becomes, it becomes a sporting activity, like a demonstration of physical prowess, rather than finding a way to the top of a, a smaller mountain that you didn't know existed and, you know, getting lost halfway. It's, it, it takes the adventure out of it and turns it into a sport. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. Well, I know that you guys um, are starting or launching rather something rather spectacular in South Africa this year as well. Um, which is just completely bonkers to me um, as somebody who really enjoys staying on the ground. Yeah, the Icarus Trophy, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's, uh, that's coming into its like fourth year now, but it's launched this morning. Uh, flying race on paramotors. Um, now, have have you done that one, Tom? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I flew the first one. Um, oh my god, uh, that looks terrifying. It's, it's it, you, you're allowed to have a motor, but on your basically hand built plane, right? Yeah, you have a kind of a bed sheet and a lawnmower. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's your. <laughs> How in the world do you learn to fly one of those? Do you do you take aviation classes, or is it just sort well, of a go as learn as you go kind of thing? The the amazing thing about those is both in the US and the UK, you don't need a license or <laughs> to fly. <laughs> oh them my gosh! <laughs> uh, so you can just pick them up and whisk yourself whisk yourself off into the sky. But yeah, it, it's an incredible way of flying as well. So you can. You fly really. You can fly really slow, really close to the ground. Uh, it's kind of, it's pretty magical and a little bit terrifying. Have you done? But, you know, when you say close to the ground, you're still talking about two hundred feet up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean like, uh, like two, two, one or two feet off the ground. You can fly at literally at ground level. Oh with wow! Feet dragging on the floor. Kind and, of amazing. And you have wheels on it, so if oh. you touch, you're touching wheels, right? So it. Uh, no, no, no wheels. No just wheels. Your touch, you're running, you're trying to run it out, which usually doesn't work. Gotcha. Oh okay. my gosh. <laughs> Have you done all of the adventures yourself? Um, I've done nearly all of them. The one adventure that I haven't done myself is the Mongol Derby, which I'm uh, pretty gutted about. To start with, I'm what not. What are you waiting for? <laughs> well, every, every year I've been quite busy up until recently. Uh, so I'm coming back out this year. So I'll be out there for the race and I'm going to do a couple of legs unfortunately I've still got quite a bit to do so I don't think I can take the whole time off but I will absolutely oh. take part in fantastic the I can't uh, I guess I'll see you out there then you definitely <laughs> will well, go ahead Devin uh, you can ask what you've been dying to ask yes finally the reason that I that I'm on the <laughs> phone here uh, so I recently got a bit of an update that you guys are going to be um perhaps putting on another Mongol Derby-esque adventure down in Patagonia next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, so that you, exactly. I know everything's kind of in the, the building blocks and the groundworks and the ground floor and everything, but please tell us as much as you can at this point about the adventure. <laughs> so it is going to be another long-distance adventure. Uh, it won't be a clone of the Mongol Derby because I'm keen that it, in the way the Mongol Derby does uh, is uh, a celebration of Mongolian culture. It should be a celebration of uh, Argentine and Gaucho culture. Uh, so we are doing some research into the history at the moment to try and get the format. We've got two or three really strong ideas about how we can change the format. So it's uh, about these incredible Creole horses, Creole horses, and the uh, and the environment and the history of their horse riding there. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm uh, super excited. So it'll still be a race. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes? Okay. Yeah, it will still be competitive, yeah. Nice. Well, I think you got your point. first competitor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know how long it is. I don't know how what horses you're going to be using. I don't even know the format of the rules, but definitely put my name on the sign-up list. <laughs> okay. Right. Of course, yeah. I've been telling yeah. everybody that this is my last Mongol Derby, and I'm retiring after this, but it's really hard to retire when you guys keep coming up with awesome shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tom, I, we're going to look forward to following your dot for a little bit out there uh, at the yeah, Muggle Derby. And thank you so much for yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Devin. And Devin, uh, keep riding. You sound great from Mongolia. Yep, I guess I'll see you out there, Tom.
You will. You will. Um, and as I said, if you missed any part of this broadcast tonight, we're going to put it out. Uh, uh, we're coming up in an hour, so we're going to call it a day here. But we're going to put it out on our on our feed for Horses in the Morning for the podcast, so it'll be out on the podcast feed. Thank you to Distance Depot for for sponsoring. Also, give a plug out for your... You work for a company. Give a plug out for them, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, all the... So it's fun, all the media that's that's rallied around um, rallied around this race, but uh, Eventing Nation, Horse Nation, Jumper Nation, that's the the, the group, of, um, group of media that I work for, but then and I've also been, you know, so happy to carry the torch for practical horsemen so well and, and it's practical if i remember correctly and you can also find them on facebook just search for practical horsemen and they pop up and your articles are going to be on the website and on their facebook page is that how it's working okay yeah. all right very good and of course you can find the horse radio network I, I have to brag a little bit here today especially it's our 10th year anniversary we uh passed seven thousand episodes and we've had over nine thousand guests over the last 10 years on all the shows so it's been a lot of coverage we have 32 hosts currently if you haven't listened to any of our shows just download our app horse radio network on ios or android it's simple and it's easy to listen to any one of the shows i think if you give it a try we have a lot of people listen to horses in the morning first and then head out that's one leslie's on every monday she that's the reason she ended up going to the mongol derby in the first place is i might have challenged her just kidding and she took it serious um <laughs> she's never forgiven me for that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh th- that you can you can follow us that way we'll be back here tomorrow night 8 p.m you're with us tomorrow night and we Ooh. have a special guest tomorrow night too let me just look that up i have a whole list here Tomorrow night, we're going to be joined by Crystal Kelly, who's an adventurer. She's out of England. She's staying up to like one in the morning to join us. And she's also done the Mongol Derby, but she's also done all kinds of other adventures, too. So she's joining us tomorrow night, and she'll be part of our coverage with a little bit of an accent. So Crystal Kelly will be joining us. And then we have Evo, the director of All the Wild Horses, and and Devin's dad. We have Poppy coming on. Did you meet Poppy? Was she last year? She's awesome. Tell us about Poppy. Oh, she's so cool. She's she's a she's one of the vets, and um, she just has this like lovely, calm sort of bedside manner that I think the horses respond to and the riders respond to you. And um, I think like I think a say like a horse gave her a black eye or something last year too. But like salute to the to the Derby vets for you know. <laughs> I would not want to like be checking the. <laughs> the horse says they're standing straight up. <laughs> well, we're going to. It was attached to a three foot. She's going to join us Saturday night. So she's going to give us a little bit of, because that's her Sunday morning. She's in Australia and she's off that day. So she's going to give us a little bit of her perspective from the veterinary point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have other people. We also, we can actually get four people on this at a time. So we would love to have some family members of the various people. So if you want to be on, or if you one of the family members representing one of those teams we just talked about want to be on, then please drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com, glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com, and we'll get you on one night. We'd love to hear from family members. We did that with your family last year. It was a blast. Tom, Tommy was such a trooper. He came on, your husband came on a couple times. <laughs> So uh, definitely do that. Uh, drop me an email if you want to come on the show and represent your team. We want to hear from all the different teams out there. Mm-hmm. And that includes international if you're following us as well. Mm-hmm. Well, Leslie, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, we're going to have a whole day to cover. We're going to... I've all night tonight watching Dot. <laughs> 
all night. <laughs> it was it was very tiring last year, let me tell you. <laughs> and I'm going to Ada this weekend to the trade show, so I'm going to be coming to you from a hotel for Friday and Saturday and Sunday night. So let's see how that works. I won't be able to follow the dots all night, so I'm going to count on you staying up. No sleep for you. Nope, dot, only dots. All right. Thank you, Leslie Wiley. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you all tomorrow night, and uh, we will be back on Horses in the Morning tomorrow morning, too. Uh, Jennifer's going to be here with Mary Kitzmiller, ace trainer Mary Kitzmiller, answering training questions on tomorrow morning's Horses in the Morning at horsesinthemorning.com. We'll see you, everybody. everybody.